Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 121. I'm Brayden. I'm Dan. No Zell, no Andrew. But do we have an interview for all interviews? We have Mike Rothschild, the Rothschild, the Rothschild that you hear of in all conspiracies, the them, the they, Mr. Mike Rothschild. Well, not exactly. (laughs) The whole crux of the thing was I thought he was related to the Rothschild banking dynasty. Turns out he's just a really great conspiracy theorist. Just kidding, guys. Um, Mike Rothschild is an author. Uh, He's got a book coming out next month called The World's Worst Conspiracies. So uh, this is going to come out in January at some time. So it's already out. (laughs) So you'll get a chance to pick it up. Pick it up. And all of you... Zell and Andrew fangirls and fanboys don't worry they're on the interview as well so you'll be able to hear their beautiful voices they just didn't want to take the time out of their day to record some intros uh, like dedicated Dan and myself Uh, it's a really great interview Uh, I think everybody will really enjoy it we talk about conspiracies which everybody loves and uh, we get into a lot of the uh, details surrounding um, we get we get we get a taste of some actually really interesting sports conspiracies which I hope um, we talk to Mike uh, after the interview after a great interview uh, he said he'd be willing to come back and talk to us about some fun sports conspiracies which would be pretty neat the uh, great thing about Mike that I really liked in this interview is he just really slid into the group like I felt like he's a guy we could have been talking to for years Uh, he just slid in really nicely into the conversation and I think it's because he's also so knowledgeable about all the stuff he talks about yeah he's a real uh, you know you could call him an expert I mean he's a published author he's done the research about these things Uh, he really knows his stuff and it was really fun to talk to him and I'm glad we had him on the show Well, without further ado, I think we've pumped him up enough. So let's send it over to the interview with Mike Rothschild, whose book comes out January 2020, The World's Worst Conspiracies. To Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 121. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. I'm Andrew. And tonight. And I'm Mike. You got <laughs> There's Mike. I know who I am. That's him. Tonight, we'll introduce our very special guest, Mike <laughs> Rothschild. <laughs> nice to have you on, Mike. Mike is a leading writer and researcher on conspiracy theories. Since we all love conspiracy theories here, we thought we'd bring him on. Uh, He's been cited on a number of publications, New York Times, Vice, The Week, Court, Salon, and plenty of other places I've seen his name pop up. And now Um, the most reputable, us. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Most widely circulated alien theorist theorizing podcast. Congratulations, Mike. You made it. (laughs) So Mike's got a uh, Mike's got a new book coming out next month, right? The beginning of the year. Uh, World's worst conspiracies, and worst in this context means it means the ones that have sort of done the most damage to the public discourse. Um, you know, I think a lot of conspiracy theories are you know are fine for sort of idle 
chatter and and um, you know what ifing, but I think there are some that really have done a considerable amount of uh, collateral damage to the way we process information and deal with people. So those are those are among the the worst, as it were. Groovy. Right. Okay, sounds good. I know I'm getting. I know I'm. Dan's got so many questions. <laughs> I know he's a team. Confidence bitcher. Um, what should we start with? Is Mike? Is there any conspiracies of like of modern times which you think are actually like turned out to be true? My my thought with conspiracy theories has always been that no popularly believed sort of mainstream conspiracy theory has later turned out to not be a theory, but to be true. But that shouldn't be confused with the idea that conspiracies are not real, because, of course, conspiracies conspiracies are real. There are conspiracies in every walk of life, in politics, in history, in sports, in business, and there have been for thousands of years. So while I don't look at the kind of classic conspiracy theories as being things that are actually true, let's not pretend that there aren't powerful forces who are uh, conspiring against us, because there absolutely are. And we know that. Yeah, big business is a real. Th- they they yeah. they got us. They got us no matter yeah. what. So what what brought you to the the conspiracy? What what brought you? What fueled your passion to kind of go into the deep into the conspiracy world and kind of these things? When I was in college, I got really into Art Bell. Um, I I sort of I kept weird hours. Like I was I was working late into the night a lot, and and I was in theater, so I was doing a lot of late night rehearsals. And I'd come home and I'd be listening to something, and there there wasn't anything else to listen to. And I got really into it. I got really into the the stories that he told and sort of the worlds that he opened up and sort of the weird stuff that kind of square daytime society didn't really talk about. I didn't really believe any of it was true, but I thought it was such good storytelling and so compelling that I just kind of couldn't help but but really get interested. So I started reading more books about the Illuminati and stuff like that. And that was a while ago. That was really before conspiracy theory culture went mainstream. And now, of course, it's everywhere. But that that kind of diving into Art Bell was really kind of the beginning of that interest for me. So when do you think, because uh, you mentioned conspiracy culture going mainstream, What wh- do you think there was a certain catalyst or do you think there was a certain time like it became kind of, I mean, conspiracy culture has always been kind of like fringes. It's never been like, it's been out there. You watch like, yeah, like your, maybe your daytime sightings TV shows or your, you know, um, Jonathan Frakes, uh, alien, <laughs> <laughs> alien autopsies, right? When you, you catch it late at night in the middle of things. When do you think it became like almost a staple of like oh, now it's everywhere. It's just, it's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that started in the early to mid nineties and you had a lot of factors kind of intersecting with each other. You had the X files, which brought uh, conspiracy theories and the paranormal right into, you know, millions of homes every week. You had Art Bell, who was really starting to find his footing as kind of a general conspiracy show, having moved away from a lot of the anti-government stuff. And you had the beginning of the internet. And you had um, you had suddenly you had these communities where people who maybe didn't know anybody else who thought the way they did could find each other. You had places like Usenet and BBSs where you could you could talk and it was completely safe. And you didn't have to go anywhere. It didn't cost you anything. There was no buy-in because before that, conspiracy culture really took effort. You had to go to a convention. You had to go to a gun show. You had to go to the weird bookstore or go see the guy on the corner in the surgical mask who's handing out you know pamphlets about fluoride. 
hey kids, you want to see a conspiracy? (laughs) (laughs) But it was really in kind of the mid nineties that our communication tools started bringing people together. And we all thought we were going to have the library of Alexandria in our, in, you know, on our computers and in our pockets. And instead it just, it sort of turned into a magazine rack and a gun show. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very very good point. point. That's a really, that's a real good (laughs) analogy. Um, like, like you said, in your book, you, you, you mentioned um, conspiracies that have done damage to public discourse or, or at least uh, some sort of deception or, or something like this. Um, I, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out because I was trying to explain to my co-hosts about <laughs> how conspiracy culture in the United States seems to differ from conspiracy culture in other countries. Like, um, I, I, I don't know if you've ever read the book Republic of Lies by Anna Merlin. Have you ever, have you? Okay. Actually not. It's um, been on my list forever and I just, you know. It's, it's really good. It's really great. She does a really great job. Um, sh- uh, and it really opens your eyes to how kind of unique the uh, American conspiracy culture seems to be and where it's very polarizing. Whereas like you go to Canada, you go to Australia, you go to these other countries. I mean, we have listeners from all over the world. And it still seems like conspiracy culture there is is kind of fun. It's lighthearted. Well, hey, listen, know? there's nothing there's nothing funny about the great uh, maple syrup ice of '94. That's no laughing that was matter. Serious. That's no well, laughing that's matter. Serious here, boys. That was tragic. <laughs> yeah, this is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a real yeah. conspiracy. Um, I think it's really interesting in terms of the the foreign influence of conspiracy theories. In a lot of the 9/11 conspiracy theories, really started in Europe. Okay. Um, you had, you know, a big, big 9-11 conspiracy population in France, uh, Germany, the UK. So they're, they, they sort of jumped on that bandwagon, I think, but while Americans were kind of still processing everything, it was people in other countries who've been through some things that Americans haven't and went, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't look right. Right. Now, speaking of 9-11, because this is something that uh, started me down the conspiracy rabbit hole. And I know we could probably spend a whole time on it, but just what what's a quick summary of 9-11 to you? Like, is, is there a conspiracy or is it all perpetrated through the Internet? Um, I think that the the need for 9-11 conspiracy theories is because the incident was so outside the realm of anything any American had ever experienced before. Right. You know, we're just we're just not used to living in that kind of fear and we're not used to the civilian population being a target that way. And I think we we came up with conspiracy theories to explain what couldn't be explained. And and I think when you when you kind of kind of go backwards and start to break them apart into their component parts, they really don't make any sense. They're really logistically they don't work. I see. Like I've always thought I've always thought nine eleven as and no matter which way you think about it, the conspiracy was committed, just who like who organized the whole thing, right? And then it is when as a right. as a conspiracy minded person, like when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, 9-11, oh, it led to the invasion of all these countries. It all like it adds up quite nicely. But that's coming from someone who's never really done any of the research. But then you have people talk about like uh, the new American century and those papers are written before 9-11 and it all seemed to fit piece by right. piece. And it all kind of seemed like it was a conspiracy orchestrated maybe by even the United States government itself. And that's what a lot of people think in conspiracy circles. So, like, what what do you say to, to all that? All the stuff that kind of like lines up to make it seem like a, a conspiracy. 
I think a lot of things can be lined up if you want them to line up. I mean, yeah, there's there's things like Project for the New American Century and the, you know, we need a new Pearl Harbor and, and stuff like that. But that's such a blanket statement that it really could mean anything. Right. To me, the the 9-11 conspiracy theories, you're, what you're looking at is two different tracks. You've got either the government allowed it to happen, kind of knew it was going to happen, knew exactly what was going to happen and allowed it to happen, or actually made it happen and used these planes as part of some overarching plot. Right. And I think the, the, the second one, I think, is the one that can be dismissed a lot easier, the idea that the government actually did it. Because at that point, what you're talking about is buildings full of explosives. And were these explosives in these buildings for 40 years and just like no one found them? Were they in the, you know, the closet that everybody else thought they had the key for? You know, who who paid for them? Who who installed them? Who made sure they worked? I mean, it just, it starts to involve so many people that at some point, probably very early on, someone's going to go, hey, explosives, I don't know why, but, you know, I'm telling my buddy at the bar. And it made it better. And that's, it, you can't keep that secret. There's made, no way. It made so it better then, because, because your Skype cut out, it made it better that sound effect you're making. <laughs> Yeah, it did. It was perfect. It made it made a, a little bit more robotic. It's for me in, on my end. It sounded like a really thick New York accent. So I don't know if that's what you were going for. Trying that it really didn't didn't really work. <laughs> oh, it sounded good on my end. I had a good. Oh yeah, well then that worked. Let's see. Uh, what one of the like contemporary conspiracies that that jumps to mind is uh, we spent a little bit of time on it, but we got kind of lost oh. in the reads, which is probably understating it, but is um, QAnon. Like what is QAnon's it? been in the news. And I know I was just recently, I think like uh, Mike Flynn and at least uh, one other person kind of stepped out. Like they said they were going to speak at a mic, like a QAnon convention. And then they, and then they, and then he canceled it. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he's also going to jail. But, like, <laughs> um, you know, so, like, what what is a – you've done the research, and it's – what is QAnon? Can you give us, like, a little – if you were going to yeah. tell somebody, like, what is QAnon? We got lost. We got Sound lost. like we Travis. have absolutely no idea what the fuck QAnon because is. Because Andrew has no idea. Break it down for us baby steps here. <laughs> Um, really, really, nobody should know what QAnon is. Um, <laughs> the the kind of the the elevator speech version of QAnon is that there is a government insider who is in military intelligence and is privy to upcoming purge of the deep state. So Democrats, pedophiles, Hollywood executives, business people, anybody the Clintons know, they're all going to get rounded by the deep state and either uh, sent off to Guantanamo Bay or tried in the field and executed without um, without, without due process. So Q, what QAnon is doing is leaving clues to this upcoming purge on, it was 8chan, now it's 8kun, and these clues are very cryptic. They're, they're riddles, they're rhetorical questions, they're memes, their discussion prompts, they're, they're like little terse phrases that if you know what they mean, then they're really meaningful. And if you don't know what they mean, they're just gibberish. And it's all done in this very secret, very coded language. It's supposed to be the biggest military intelligence operation of all time. 
but it's also sort of letting the Patriots know about it so that they're prepared for when the roundups start. So that's basically like QAnon is. It's sort of an information awareness military operation that has no information to be aware of. Now, what what do they call it? What are, what's uh what's the term for it? Like the Great Awakening or the Great Awakening? Yeah, you'll see that. You'll see the storm. Storm, right? Uh, those those terms are kind of interchangeable. And the storm is when the deep state is overthrown and all the people who are along with it are cast out. And according to some yeah. some people on uh, the dark pages of internet, calling for like violent revolution and killing of other ideologies that don't align with their own in, in, Basically, easy, in, in yeah. easy terms, in easy terms. Yeah. You, you get a lot of, a lot of really violent ideation. Um, I get sent memes of like nooses and guillotines and, and I'm constantly told you're, you know, your time is coming. TikTok, and, and it's, <laughs> it's all, you see these very, these fantasies about like what uh, what's going to happen on the day of the storm and Hillary's going to be arrested and there's going to be riots and I'm going to grab my gun and start shooting the looters and we're going to protect <laughs> the president and we're going to take our country back and we're going to string up the traitors. I mean, it's really, it's like, it, it's, it's kind of, I liken it to a Tom Clancy novel meets um, the Turner Diaries where you have just this, sort of technological gobbledygook and that just leads to killing. Hmm. Now, hmm. how how do you think this gains so much traction and becomes so popular? Because it was one of the more polarizing topics we've done. But like, I mean, we as soon as we started looking into it, same thing, I was re looking at the drops and I was like, I don't understand how this has so much traction because none of this makes any sense. It is just all exactly like you said, Gobble, gibberish gobbledygook so i i just yeah so i just how how do you think it's gained so much popularity the the reason why i think qAnon has taken off it's a couple things qAnon is very participatory a lot of the really apocalyptic conspiracy theories of the past whether you had you know, the, the un troops crossing the border or you know before that the catholics before that the freemasons it's all kind of these horrible things are happening and, and there's nothing you're just on in their game and if they want to kill you they'll kill you and if they want to QAnon is very participatory it lets you fight back it, it, it gives you tools in making memes and doing research and turning other people onto it and it lets you lets you feel like you're fighting the battle data it's not just other people, it's not just sort of the brave prayer warriors. You're doing it. You're in the trenches with the memes and the and the digging and the making connections. And that that's really compelling for people. Right. Another thing about Q is that it kind of explains who your enemies are and it explains why things didn't turn out the way that we wanted them to. So it, it gives you the deep state as an enemy and it gives you George Soros as the enemy and it gives you the Clintons and Barack Obama and John McCain and, and Mitt Romney and, and all of these people who are not sufficiently um, patriotic. And it, it, it gives you enemies and it, and, it, and it tells you these people kept you down. These people are hurting other people. These people are especially are hurting children. 
they are they are awful and they must be stopped. And this is how you stop them. And and that that lets people feel like they're part of a bigger war. And you get a lot of good and evil and angels and demons and like Satan and God winning in the end. And it's very it's very like revelations. And then it's like it's it's kind of like being in a big battle royal for the end of the world. <laughs> Well put. <laughs> Royal Rumble. <laughs> Next year, 2020. The storm. Now, hasn't the storm yeah. been... Some people say Basically. the storm is supposed to come like a couple times by now and nothing... Uh, oh, every... Yeah, every prophetic movement has Multiple. the day it's going to happen. And then for some reason that just never... There's always some reason something didn't happen to align perfectly the way it needed to, but it's going to happen soon. It's going to be next week. It's going to be next month. You know, don't give up hope. Don't lose hope. Buy more of our merchandise, tell more people, buy more books. You know, it's, it's, it's a very easy way to keep people on the hook. And we've seen that for centuries. I mean, we saw that with the, the Millerites. We've seen that with UFO cults. I mean, there's, there's always a reason why something doesn't happen and there's always someone to blame for it not happening. Right. Now, one more question I had about Q because this is something that came sure. comes up, and obviously you get a lot of a lot of heat for calling it. Some people call Q plus, and they think it's actually like POTUS himself. Right. So what uh, What do you think about that? Um, I think that Donald Trump, from everything we know about him, is almost completely computer illiterate. Um, <laughs> he's he's talked about how he doesn't know how to use email. Um, Just Twitter. He's, he's never owned a laptop. He's got his like his unsecured phone that he tweets on. God knows what else he's got on it. But the idea that Donald Trump, who is like the most tech averse notable person that I know of, would be logging on to 8chan and and like posting memes and codes to people. Like Donald Trump doesn't talk in codes. Dude, it's one of those things where as soon as you say it out loud, it's like it becomes so much comical. <laughs> No, no, he's Q plus. Like, oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. The the guy who can't spell hamburgers on Twitter <laughs> is like dropping clues on HN. Like, really? Now, uh, one but, no, another thing people say about it is that maybe Trump, as because he used conspiracy, like conspiracy culture, probably to gain momentum to get elected. Yes. Do you think that he heard maybe about Q and he's like, yeah, give the guys a let's poke a couple of things online just to you know keep feeding it. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't there. He's never given any indication that he knows what it is. He's never mentioned it. He's never, um, you know, he's never spoken about it. He's never tweeted about it. He's retweeted a lot of people with Q hashtags and Q iconography in their profiles, but that could just as easily be about what they're tweeting and he just likes it. Right. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what a hashtag wiggy wiggy. He I mean, he doesn't know what that is. Yeah. And, you know, the idea that he's like circling his hand in the air and poking it through to make a cue and he's like pointing at cue signs. He points, he goes to rallies and he like does his, you know, and he points and, <laughs> and it's just what he does. And if you game out how he communicates, it's really easy to imitate it. And it's really easy to predict what he's going to do because he only does and says a certain number of things. He's done pluses in his tweets before. He's capitalized weird letter, you know, weird 
weird words before. And he tweets a lot and Q posts a lot. And so if Q posts and Trump tweets a minute later, that only means the two things that happen a lot happen you happen at the same time. There's there's no significance to it. So, you know, unless he brings it up and specifically mentions it, then I think it's going to be a whole different kettle of fish. But for now, he's just he just communicates the way he does and people read into it. Yeah, well put. That's that's when we first talked about it. That's kind of where, how we thought about it, too. We're like, uh, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense, really. <laughs> we, we ended up getting grilled. That's probably the hardest we've ever got grilled after a podcast. We're like, we just don't know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And people get really touchy about it. Yeah. People are, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's part of our culture now, the kind of the, the trigger culture, whatever you want to kind of call it is like, everybody's so sensitive or, uh, or they accuse you of being sensitive when you, you start to either, you start to ask questions about something and then they get offended. And then they're like, well, you know, well, I was just asking questions and, you know, and uh, there's always that, that kind of thing. Well, you need to do the research for yourself or you need to look it up for yourself. And it's like, okay, if I do that, then even I do do that. You start investing time. I think, I think that works with, you know, some people, they kind of get into it and it works with some people. They'll, 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 once you start putting in the time, Again, like you said, it's participatory. It rewards you in some way with you get these little, like they said, the the breadcrumbs, like you follow the breadcrumbs and then you become a baker or whatever. And I, on the, when we talked about it, I, I likened it to like, you you know, your bakers are like your high priests, you know, it's, it's almost like a religion, you know, even though some of these people are kind of religion averse or they're averse to organized religion, which for me, doesn't like play together. It doesn't like, okay. All right. So. Right. And, the, and there's a real, there's a, there's a real the there's a pyramid scheme, hierarchy, uh, you know, Q or I guess maybe Trump at the very top and then Q under that. And then under that, you've got this, this ecosystem of gurus, you know, these people who, tweet these really long Twitter threads and who make the YouTube videos every day and have hundreds of thousands of followers, the people who write the books, the people who, you know, interpret the drops and have kind of made, you know, almost careers out of it. And then below that is just sort of everybody else, all of the kind of the rank and file believers who, who just, you know, who don't, who can't interpret it or just don't have the time or whatever. And they depend on the gurus to kind of transform this rhetorical nonsense into a story. And it, and it's just fascinating how this is developed this way very organically. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think the people who started making the Q posts had any idea that this would be more than like a couple weeks worth of trolling basically. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's been going on that pretty much since the last election. That's when it kind of started. Yeah. yeah it started uh, October, 2017. So over two years. It's great. It sounds like a religion almost. Totally. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's totally like a religion. Faith-based. Yeah. yeah. Just as fucking well, crazy. Well, that's why people get so hooked in because as soon as they do the research and they're like, oh, maybe this is kind of bullshit. They're like, well, I've, I've been posting about it for so long now. I can't back backtrack now. Just like Scientology. As soon as you find about Zeno, you put in all that money. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm locked in. I'm locked. Yeah. That's why they don't start with Zeno. I mean, yeah. they, they start with like, you know, stress tests and free yeah. movies and the, the, the Xenu. Wait, Scientologists get free movies? 
I'm, I'm down. You get free, free Amazon down. Prime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, hey, Nobody... you know, got to get your e-meter from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I would say like these kinds of conspiracies, like anti-government conspiracies aren't something new, but this one seems to kind of, Again, it plays on the deep state, which has been around forever, like or not forever, maybe like the 90s, like late 80s, maybe. Yeah, well, there's always been a deep state. You know, there was there's always been a sort of tyrannical, you know, fringe government within a government. I mean, you want to call it the New World Order. You want to call it the military industrial complex. I mean, there's always been a name for really rich people kind of. Yeah, there's (laughs) always been that that kind of evil tyrannical government that's taken away all our rights and we just don't know it. But QAnon is interesting because it's it's not anti-government. It's it's like it's almost anti-anti-government. I mean it's it's put the 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 onus on the people who the right wing used to really fear. You know, you had this idea that the you know the jackboots were going to kick your door down and take your guns away and you got to aim for the head. And now it's like Q is like rooting for the jackboots. It's really weird. It's it's a really bizarre reversal. That's interesting. And, yeah, it's it's some I, from what I've read about it and the people who really get into it and I've seen posts a lot about the Q stuff. It it's scary. Like it's most of it's like it's genuinely terrifying to me because I'm you know, I like I I'm an educator. So it's like you have we learn a lot a lot about, you know, what to t- how to teach kids and like how to interact with them and how to you know emotional development and those kinds of things so it's like all of this stuff is like it's almost kind of juvenile like it's it's like you're you guys are like this is not the way to do things uh like it's not it, it's all very violent every like smash and grab and then to me like when i think about it and i'm i'm gonna if i'm gonna you know put forward the idea of a revolution i'm like okay well then how are we going to get the water running again like how are we gonna like how are we going to get everybody electricity you know and and the the bit like there's a lot of problems i have with QAnon, but the biggest one is like you know hurting all these people and then it's like okay well if you do that then it's like what about infrastructure like how is this going to solve problems and not just you're going to end up with a bunch of dead people yeah it's like, like it's i the whole thing is so it's so uh, interconnected and highly sensitive. Just a few days off of like the energy grid running, like the whole society like collapses pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you don't got more than like in mo- most major cities, like two days worth of food for the like ev- all the residents, and like after the food's gone, like it'd be it'd be nuts real as, quick. As long as they have their guns and Jesus, they're fine. <laughs> Lord's coming. Yeah. <laughs> they got Jesus, they're fine. And um, are there? And there's another kind of hallmark that I, I've seen of like other kind of conspiracies and stuff. Like, well, not I would say like you know bad conspiracies. Is they're very fractious. Like there's there's almost factions within factions inside because you're all this is, seems to be based on interpretation. You know, so again, even like you have major world religions like Christianity. It's not just Christianity. You have the Catholics. You have the Lutherans. You have all this. You. Do you have, I, I've seen some, because there's some people who say that, you know, QAnon is not violent. It's not a violent movement. It's the, where we go, when we go all, it's all, everybody's in it together, you know, that kind of stuff, which seems positive. Like, you know, like we're all to get this together. Like, okay, yeah, I understand that. Like, yeah, yeah, we are. But then, you know, then 
the other stuff. And then it gets kind of dark, kind of quick in some places. But, uh, you know, but are there different like compartments of Q? Like, are there have you from your research? Have you seen like different points of view of it or what do you think? You definitely you don't. It's funny. You don't get a lot of um, arguing over what the drops mean once because it's sort of like once the gurus kind of start the research flowing, everybody kind of wants to jump in and, and nobody wants to be wrong. You get a lot of squabbling, a surprise over money. You get a lot of, you get some people who think that the movement needs to be so pure that no one ever profits off it, that it must only be about the research and only waking up the, the normies and and preparing the way for the, for the, the great awakening. And then you have people who just milk it like it's a cash cow. Right. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of slap fighting about the the purity versus the patriots the p a y triots, and so you get a, a lot of kind of squabbling over that. Um, you get some of the personalities that kind of rub up against each other a little bit, and there's a lot of like, you know, I, I'm I'm purer than you, you're purer than me, but but once you kind of drill even a little bit below that ideologically everybody's in lockstep you know you don't you don't get cults where there's disagreements about doctrine maybe there's right. disagreements about you know who gets to sleep with the leader that night <laughs> but the the leader is always right who's drinking the kool-aid first yeah right yeah so that's I yeah like uh yeah like you mentioned personalities rubbing up against each other I think that's one of the thing uh I think most of us we all watched a documentary um behind the curve flat flat earth oh, good, oh, that's, that's great so good good one yeah which is a great documentary and you see within there there's even fractions between you know their their things you have the guys who are who are really down into it who are like flat earth is uh, perpetrated by the new world order or whoever you know. Yeah, the ones who think gravity doesn't exist. Right. Right. And then you have the other ones who are just kind of like, no, the earth is flat and just science is wrong or, you know, they're just doing the science wrong or something like that. You know, it's kind of um, how they kind of have their ideological difference. But I guess, like you said, QAnon's more like, I guess they're more all on the same page seems. Yeah, you know. it's it's very cult like it's very and, and I, I sort of think of it as a prophecy cult with a really scammy edge to it. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of really terrible things all put together. It's the perfect storm. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is. I mean, pun intended, but it's really, it, it really is sort of a conspiracy theory of everything because anything that happens anywhere in the world can be interpreted as part of this war. Right. So you get, you know, a military helicopter crashes in, in Louisiana. Well, that's the deep state at work. They need a distraction. Or, you know, that or, you know, somebody, you know, Michael Flynn gets arrested. Oh, that's the the the, the deep state fighting back or or John McCain dies. Oh, we the Q team got him. I mean, it's always yeah. there's always there's another battle. There's always something going on somewhere. And that's why it's so interesting, because it's like this. It's like a sort of life size game of risk that everybody gets to play. That's well put. Now, how uh, for in your research and stuff, is this this kind of attitude and belief, is it similar to like the, the flat earthers? You know, with flat earth is a, a little different because I can never quite tell who in flat earth really. I've spent a lot of time in flat earth Facebook groups and you just, 
you kind of get the sense that like half the people there are just trolling. But then the the ones like you were saying, the ones who are who really believe it are like they will brook no defection from the dogma. And and I think with with something like QAnon, you get the same thing. It's like you are either with us or you are going to go to Gitmo. But if you're with us, then we'll we, you know, you will share in the riches of paradise. And so it becomes if you listen to that over and over again, you're like, well, I don't want to go to Gitmo. I don't want my people that I loved to be hauled away and shot in the field. I'm going to help them. I'm going to tell them what's really happening. And then your family goes, okay, you're not coming to Thanksgiving ever again. (laughs) Have you heard the good news? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. It's this kind of, I'm worried about it. Like we, we laugh about it. Like I laugh nervously about it because from an American point of view, it's like, it's, it's, it's really scary. Like for me, I don't know, like it's that anybody could kind of be part of this and that these people really think this way. And even if they're not going to necessarily, there's, you know, you'd really actually in these times, it's really uncertain who's going to act on these, you know, these kind of how, how many people do they get together in one spot and, and this will you know, this will happen or people really think about this because there have been, you know, there's been at least a couple protests where it, it seems, you know, there's a powder keg there. There's there's something there that could potentially go off. Um, and like, I want to say, like, conspiracies are scary, but sometimes but they 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 shouldn't be, you know, they, they've always been for me, like when I was kind of getting into all this stuff and when i was a kid reading about illuminati secret societies and stuff like that that stuff's genuinely interesting i enjoy the yeah, man, reading the histories his, about history's it. mysteries yeah history's <laughs> mysteries like that's the reason fun. why this stuff has stuck around it's it's interesting it's it can be fun it can be sort of weird and 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 you know you talk about it with your friends and you you know you read weird books about it and there's and a lot of it is okay there's really nothing wrong with it Everybody believes something weird and that's fine. But when you get to this point of like making plans for what happens when the Democratic Party is arrested by Q plus and you get to grab your gun and it's legal to commit murder. I mean, then it gets weird. And, it, and, it, and people people get so into it and, and they want to they want to bring it to the people that they love because they think they're helping. And the people that they love have no idea what they're talking about and think it's terrifying. And people people get cut out of each other's lives because of it. Relationships end because of it. You know, parents and children aren't speaking because of it. And it's there's an enormous amount of collateral damage to it, not to mention the crimes that have been committed because of it. Right. Yeah, I've, I've always thought of like conspiracies as, if nothing else, as you said, fun to talk about with your friends, but also giving like rise to countless fiction works about something where the conspiracy is derived from. So like JFK has spawned how many different books and movies of fiction? Oh, hundreds. Yeah. And like, just like, in, like aliens, like now you got like, okay, the alien conspiracy, the government's hiding them. So mm-hmm. you got a thousand movies and that's like, you know how much that's like, that's creates whole economies based, sure. based on conspiracies that are turned into story. Sure. Who are then worked upon. And then another story is brought out of them. So that's kind of like, that's kind of how we all started with conspiracies. I think like, oh, it's, you know, you talk about with your buddies over a few beers and we started this podcast, but then yet as you get to some of them, they do take a dark turn as, as Dan has pointed out. And like in Canada, like there's three of us from Canada, Dan's from the States. 
In Canada, there's no real government conspiracies because it's lame as hell. <laughs> like the, gov <laughs> the government conspiracies, conspiracies here are like, that guy didn't pay back his travel. Like his, he took too much in his travel. Uh, on he claimed too much on travel. So he, he, right. he yeah, he, like like vouchers and like yeah, yeah. and then like five expense reports. Five years later, they're like, oh, he's got to pay back one hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars, and then he goes, I'm sorry, and then he pays it back. I'm like, that's not fun at all. No one, no, like, there's it's not fun at all. It's fun a shit conspiracy. That. Nothing happens. Yeah, that's I'm I'm bored with that. <laughs> so when we when we watch like you watch all like American TV is this in, like American news especially is this insane? So you watch it and it's oh, like yeah. it's like the greatest reality show. You're like, what the fuck is happening here? You turn on one channel, they're talking about something one way. You, you change one channel, the same supposed to be professional, like journalists and like news anchors are talking about the same story in a completely different way. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? And just that, yeah. just like the like the duality of the media was spawns its own conspiracy theories because no one knows who's right. Right. And no one and everybody has their own version of the truth. And if you watch Fox News, you are getting not just different opinions, not just different interpretations. You are literally getting a different set of, of events. Yeah. Different than story. If you, and if you watch CNN and the people who watch Fox news, they get, they, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of them, they only watch Fox news. They only listen to right wing talk radio. They're only reading right wing news sources and follow right wing accounts on Twitter and Facebook and so nothing gets in and it is a it is a bubble where all the air is bad and there's no light and and it's just full of danger and it's it's like addicting to people because there's always a new enemy and there's always a lie that's being exposed and there's always something new that the clintons or obamas or or the the socialists have done and it's it's like it's a constant hate machine and it really sucks people in and it's really hard to get out it's crazy yeah, yeah. I, I was i want to ask like now you said all that and like everyone knows everyone watches these channels and like if as you said like they follow they follow their point of view depending on what source Do, is there anything like on the horizon like going back to like un like as unbiased news reporting as possible just telling you the story regardless of side just telling you the facts and then letting people make their own minds up is that ever coming back or is that something that's gone? I mean, I really, I think you have to really work for it. I, you know, I find generally a lot of the BBC is really good. I find the NPR is really good. You know, sometimes the New York Times, but then the New York, New York Times also makes really big mistakes. You know, it, it really, you almost, it's like you everybody has to curate their own news feed. You, you have to keep the bad stuff and trying to get good stuff from an as unbiased a source as possible. And it's really hard. Now, it's, it's got, it's very difficult to know who is telling the truth. And that's why fake news is so popular. I mean, not like the, the Trump definition of fake news being like stories I don't agree with, but like actual fake stories. Right. Aired because they just sound real. People believe what's on the internet. People believe something that someone else wrote because we still, a lot of people still think of, of the internet and of just sort of journalism in general is just always telling the truth. Yeah. Um, we, I think we've actually touched on it like uh, once or twice. I've, I know I've mentioned it, but we haven't gone full into it because it's, it's, it, it's a big issue, but like 
the whole, I guess if you could call it a conspiracy, like the Russian disinformation campaign, like what, what do you think like that? I know there's been, there's been documented cases of Russian backed, you know, firms and, you know, companies that have interfered with a number of U.S. elections, not just, you know, what the, they came to the conclusion in the reports on the 2016 election, but also local elections. I think Ohio just had one, um, and maybe North Carolina, I can't was North Carolina or South Carolina and somewhere in one of those ones. Um, but we were talking about the internet research agency that kind of, have you, have you heard of that before? Yes, I have. And we were kind of wondering like, is, I, I mean, they've apparently, I, from what I've read so far, like are been updated. It's like they've now dissolved and they've been absorbed by kind of one of the, uh, by like the Russian state new, one of the Russian state news companies. Oh, I actually didn't know that, but that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's right. just, it's like an LLC. I mean, it's, it's a shell company of a shell company I and mean, it doesn't, it doesn't exist basically. So like from, from your research, do you feel like that, that kind of has legs? Like the Russians are actually interfering or, uh, you know, propagating a lot of fake news sites and things like that. And, you know, going, do you think they post just on right wing or do they post on left wing as well? Do they sow discord? Like, what do you what do you think, in your opinion? I think with a, a disinformation campaign like this, you you always want to hit it from every possible side. So, yeah, they're posting right wing anti Clinton stuff, but they're posting left wing anti Trump stuff. They're, what they want to do is get people overwhelmed and frustrated and make them disengage from the process. So I don't I mean, I don't know that there's the you know a tar targeted campaign on behalf of Trump right now but i think what they want to do is just get people to stop tuning in and frustrate people and make people feel hopeless and and ultimately you know i i've never believed that there was any actual changing of voter rolls or anything like that i mean i think that's just that's just too hard to do but you know the the russian trolling that we saw brought up after the election what these these Facebook groups and these like where people would show up. I mean, it was like it really was a negligible impact. But then the DNC really wasn't. I mean, that was a very that was a hugely important part of it. And we know they did that. And we know that that was that was hardcore intelligence. I mean, that was like really top tier hackers. That wasn't just memes. So. I think Russian, the Russians are all over the place in everything, but I think it's, it's too easy to just blame everything on Russia. You know, I think ultimately this stuff works because people are susceptible to it. Right. And our critical thinking skills are so damaged. I mean, nobody's been sucked in by this stuff. These, these stupid memes and these Facebook groups, this was, this was just cut rate garbage and it never should have worked. And it did because people don't know how to think anymore. And we were so polarized by team red, team blue that we just, it's like, we were just abandoned all sense. That's a good point. At least that, cause I, I know I see it and it, it makes, it makes me sad generally when I talk to some people like, uh, it, it, who are in like the same kind of into the same kind of things that I am in the conspiracy culture. And, and they feel that, that hopelessness, that helplessness where it's like, it either gets translated into stuff like QAnon where it's like, they get into that, they post the memes, they post all that stuff. I'm doing my part. Um, 
and or it gets translated to that well you know i i'm not going to vote because my vote doesn't matter anyways like i'm not going to do anything about it which i always feel like no don't do it you still still should vote like it's still going to count especially now more than ever like, and that's what they want right that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what they want. I like, I could say that's a conspiracy is that that's what they want is they want you not to vote. They want you to be isolated from the democratic process. They want you isolated and to feel that helplessness so they can just run all over you. Right. Right. Yeah. That's exactly I, it. Is is that they want the they want the enemy demoralized. And unfortunately, a lot of this process really is demoralizing. It's very it's very chaotic. It's very, it's almost suffocating. And it's just, it's, it's almost too much. And, and the way that they work is they really flood the zone with all this, all this crap. And some of it isn't going to do anything, but some of it is going to hit some people. And if it gets a few people to not vote or to turn off in the process, it weakens democracy. And that's all, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, we've, you know, in most of my, like, in, like most of my courses about education, like one, at least one of my professors made a point to talk, you know, talk to us. The ultimate edu- the ultimate goal of what, you know, U.S. education was supposed to be was, you know, when they ask you, like, what's your goal as a teacher? It should be to educate your students so they can be active participants in their democratic government. Like, so they can make their decisions, they can make informed decisions about the direction that their government is going and a positive, you know, positive direction, hopefully, you know, <laughs> more moralistic direction, um, that, that they're able to participate in that and make their own decisions. And like you said, yeah, critical thinking is, is, is way down. I mean, I, I know I've seen at least a couple studies that we're way behind other countries that, that, you know, that take the same kind of test. Like our critical thinking skills are just like out the window like it's some like at least you know some students whether whether it's a dif- disenfranchisement with the system or you know kids are less likely to engage um and 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 there is that like that is i think that could be another conspiracy about the education <laughs> like the gutting of the the education system and the the you know the sowing of doubt in our court and our justice system you know, routing the the IRS so where they can't enforce tax laws and, you know, super rich people, those kinds of things. Um, you know, all those things kind of add up and it, it's like, it's, I feel like that's led us to where we are now that you feel all this helpless, but we shouldn't, I, I feel, I still feel like we, we still have, it's still, we still have power. There's still things we can do. Absolutely. Well, I was just going to, I was just going to yeah. say uh, the same thing where Dan, you said like teachers, their main goal should be that. I've, I can't remember what it was, but I remember seeing like a, I think it might've been like an Australian like broadcasting company thing where they like, were asking like politicians in the States and politicians in Australia, like what their main goal is. And the, all the ones in Australia were like, oh, to work for the people to like, to get the best outcome for my community or whatever it was. And all the ones in the States, or at least the ones that they showed were like to get reelected, to get reelected, <laughs> to get reelected, yeah. to get re- like the, what it was about. It's a fine. It was more of a financial compensation rather than like for the people. I always thought like that's probably uh probably partly right. accurate. Well, I even like going back to the like Russian bots and all that kind of stuff. I, I definitely think we're seeing an unprecedented level of like 
the internet still, as much as we think it's very controlled, it's still the wild west. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if years down the road, we find out that there was mass psychological experiments going on by manipulating social media and what people see. I mean, some of that's come out already. There was a great documentary, uh, about the the last election and the use of memes wasn't that i wouldn't be surprised wasn't that called the, was it the great hack or the big hack or something yeah the great hack yeah the, about facebook and, and or what's that one company they did cambridge analytica yeah it was them and one no, the, no cambridge analytica like they they actually showed like they showed ted cruz as their as their kind of proof of concept totally lost you guys oh we still oh, you're back. Back. Hey, we, we still got uh we got your audio but just your picture's gone so no big deal can we get him back? Can we get Mike back? Well, I'll use his time. Uh, if if you've enjoyed listening to Mike, uh, get on our Patreon, $10 a month, because his book, his new book, is going to be featured for the February Mitra. So not the January, but the February Mitra uh, is going to include his book. Reason is, his book doesn't come out till January, so. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll pre-order, but I won't get it till February. So February Mitra. Hey. Oh, hey. Hey, we got him. We got Mike, but no Braden. That's All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> our, co- our co-host just decided to go take a quick shit or something while you <laughs> <laughs> disappeared. That's a good. We're at a, we're at 56 minutes. So maybe we'll take a, we'll do a, maybe a couple rapid fire questions for you. Then we'll let you go. The internet seems to be sure. uh, working out. Sure. Um, thoughts on JFK. What happened? You know, the JFK thing, I've always felt like the the story that we have is the one that makes the most sense. You know, to me, if you go through all of the books that have been written and all of the theories that have been put out there, there's some number that if, you know, all the books put together, there's like 80 different people who killed him. To me, <laughs> it's always been very simple. Um, Kennedy was riding in a defenseless car going very slowly and Lee Harvey Oswald had a clear shot and was a trained sniper. You know, I don't, and even then he only really hit him once. So, you know, I don't, I don't think you really need anything else. I don't think you need a conspiracy to explain it. I think it's people want a conspiracy to explain it because, you know, it's John F. Kennedy and you know, you want John F. Kennedy to be taken down by somebody other than this drifter loser. But Ultimately, that's kind of what we have, what about, and it's still the it's still the theory that makes the most sense. What about like uh, because Har- Oswald was in Russia, and some people make the claim that oh he was brainwashed or whatever, and they let allowed him back in, and they 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 pretty much they, through whatever mind control or whatever they made him do it, whoever the they would be. Right, but that's the thing is who's the they, Just, and all you know ultimately why. You know, it's, I mean, it's not like Lyndon Johnson did anything differently than Kennedy would have done. I mean, maybe, maybe Kennedy wouldn't have gotten us as involved in Vietnam, but maybe he would have. I mean, we ultimately, it's just so much easier to think of a very disturbed person who, who really thought he was striking a blow for freedom in Cuba, killing Kennedy than some conspiracy where 55 years later we still really don't know who did it or why or have any real paper trail for it and pretty much until everyone who was around if there was a conspiracy if something was covered covered up it's not coming out until everyone involved is probably gone oh yeah it'll be i mean it would be like 20 the year 2200 <laughs> by the time those guess, documents guess are what remember that really classified fam- that famous president from 200 years ago yeah he was actually murdered by whoever for whatever means <laughs> moving on <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> thoughts on uh, the modern UFO culture? I, you know, it's interesting. UFO culture is really, um, it's kind of in a fallow period, it feels like. Uh, you don't get the, you know, there's not the same buzz over like sightings and abductions and cattle mutilations and crop circles and stuff like that. It's almost like that culture kind of moved on to something else. Um, and a lot of it is also because a lot of stuff has been declassified now. You know, we we really know what Area 51 was about. We, you know, we know a lot of those programs now. And I think also everybody's got a camera in their pocket. So if you, you know, whereas once you would have told a story about being abducted, it's like, well, you got a, you've got a camera in your pocket. Why didn't you take any pictures? Why didn't you get any video? And, and it's, it's become harder to kind of tell those stories in a vacuum. What about like the, I don't know if you watched or listened to commander David Fravor tell his story about the UFO on Joe Rogan to millions of people. Mm-mm. No. Anyway, he was one, he was the one, uh, it wasn't the Tic Tac. There was those three videos released through uh, the gimbal. It was the gimbal, but the, oh yeah, 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 the gimbal. Yeah, yeah. What what do you think about those modern UFO military videos? You know, I I I know with that one, I think that was just a heat source, as far as I know, and it, it kind of, you know, if you, and I'm not an expert on this stuff, but if you you sort of track the way it moved, it completely tracks with whatever the heat source would have been emanating from. I you know, again, I don't I don't think the it's aliens explanation is necessary to be able to understand or explain what's going on. So I, I, I tend to agree with, the, with that actually for sure. But like commander David Fravor, he said it was a military operation and this thing actively jammed radar, which is like, I guess I, in his terms, I don't know if this is true or not kind of an act of war to like actively jam whatever. Like his, Yeah. Or, his- or maybe the radar just wasn't working. You know, it's, you know, one of the things that's going around, going around the conspiracy community is a lot, a lot is you've had a lot of military plane crashes in the last few years. And, you know, people look at it as like the deep state or the, you know, the good guys and the bad guys and they're crashing planes and it's a sign. But at the same time, you have a lot of like 40 and 50 year old airplanes that are, yeah. that are working well past their capability and have been in combat for like 20 yeah. years. If you look at Afghanistan and of mm. course we've had the you know military budgets cut here. God damn. You're so logical. I hate it. No, but <laughs> at the same time though, I recommend you, you uh, listen to David Fravor, uh, give his account okay. because he actually, yeah, he, he does, he, he, went, he went, yeah, he's a pilot and it, and it wasn't an old aircraft. I can't remember what the model was, but it was a new aircraft and he okay. goes through all the things, what people said, like, Oh, it's a heat source thing. It's blah, blah, blah. And he explained why it wasn't all that stuff, but I didn't understand any of it, but it was okay. really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a, uh, check it out. It's a, it's a cool, like th- it's those type of yeah. videos and those type of accounts by like pilots are like, I'm not saying it's alien, but someone or something had tech that we didn't understand. So I don't know if it right. was like some other like advanced aircraft. Russia's got their own area 51. They're developing their own type of modern SR 71. That's like, beyond our capabilities right now or you know so like yeah. as far as aliens go and like that kind of stuff sometimes it makes more sense but like maybe someone just has a craft that we do not know how it works yet or we haven't seen it yeah in or action. there's just some classified project yeah you know there's plenty of classified projects there is that um automated space shuttle that was up in orbit for like three years and finally came down and people are like we have no idea what yeah. it is that drone x thirty five seven it's like x thirty five seven b or something x thirty seven b second one x thirty seven b was up for like five hundred and fifty days in space no one really knows why mm-hmm. yeah 
That stuff's cool. So yeah, s- that's that's all, yeah, that's cool. It's fun to talk about. Fun, hundred percent. So at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned something about sports conspiracies. So I'm just curious, <laughs> what's your favorite sports mm-hmm. conspiracy, and are the Detroit Lions cursed? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite sports conspiracy, because I grew up in Chicago, has always been the uh, Michael Jordan retirement conspiracy. Oh, with the gambling. <laughs> yeah, with the gambling that he got forced out and he, he took he retired and played baseball for a year because there was a handshake deal with him and David Stern. And I've I've always I've always loved that that conspiracy theory. Um, I've always been a big fan of the the Patrick Ewing, the frozen envelope one, too. Oh, tell us about that. I've never heard. I've that. never really heard that one. Oh, yeah, that's um, in the I think it was 1985 when Ewing was drafted by the Knicks. The The conspiracy is that the the envelope for the Knicks in the draft lottery was frozen so that David Stern or I can't remember who it was would have picked that envelope so that oh, the no Knicks, way. you know, the franchise team in the biggest city in the country would get the best player. Oh, oh crazy. They've been cursed ever since because they've been God awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't mess around in the envelope. No, yeah. shit. Um, any other questions for Mike or it's been an hour. We said to let him go and we'll. Uh... Oh, it's okay. Lost Braden now? Oh, sorry, you guys oh. you guys cut up there for a second. Goddamn Skype, eh? <laughs> can't so, beat it. You can't so beat good. the Skype. No. It's Monopoly. Um, any other questions here in YouTube? I oh, someone just said we're not going down. We're not going down that aisle. Which one? Pizzagate. We're oh, not we're not going to Pizza Oh god. No more no more diddler talk. Oh, thank um, you. Mike, you're Tell us about your book, where people can find you. It's, your book's coming out in January, I believe, right? Yeah, next month. Next month? Um, you can pre-order it on Amazon. Um, I've, got a link to, I've got a link to that on my Twitter account. Uh, I'm a pretty active tweeter. I, I actually really love the, the hell site that, that has ruined so many lives. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, RothschildMD. Uh, I'm not a doctor. It's just my initials. <laughs> Are you um, a banker by any chance? Yeah, I was going to say. No, we, no, no, not related to the family. Oh, okay. Just, just checking. Who's bankrolling this here? book? Dan told, us, <laughs> Dan told us you were loaded. Yeah, that you said you're a trillionaire. I told him that you were related. That's the only way I got you out here. So you're going to donate oh. at least a million dollars to the show. Right. Yeah, no, if I, I, I tell people this all the time. If I, you know, the conspiracies about the Rothschild family having like $500 trillion, if I was part of that family, I would <laughs> go on shit. the internet ever. Yeah, you wouldn't I say just it live on a yacht. You, you, you commission plays about the internet and have people like professional actors perform theater of the internet for you. <laughs> <laughs> My mega yacht. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. And already in the comments, people are like a whole bunch of people are pre-ordering your book. They're uh, they're looking forward right. to it. So. All right. That's awesome. Thank glad, you guys. This was this was terrific. Glad we could have you. Hopefully, uh, maybe, maybe again sometime. Talk yeah, absolutely. 100%. Next time we're down in uh, Pasadena around that area, if they do Alien Con there again, we'll have to join the party. Up. We'll get hammered and go to Lucky Boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Love it. You got us. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Playing my heartstrings. Yeah, Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Yep, you too.